0: Hello, I'm Marsha Ogden. Welcome to my podcast, Directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus. It's for anyone who's passed that milestone, like me, by a long chalk, and who, like me, has realised that we could be on this earth for another 30 or 40 years. So let's plan to make the rest of our life the best of our life. Before we get started with this week's episode, can I just remind you to please, please, please review, share and subscribe to the Directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. And if you do want to plan to make the rest of your life the best of your life, take a look at www.googleit.com forward slash my best life and find out more about my best life journal and workshops. Welcome to the Directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus podcast, episode 34. And this one is called Your Guide to Decluttering, part one. Yes, part one of two, in fact. My guest Brenda Mason has such an engaging story to tell, as well as sharing tips with us on how to declutter your life so that you live in your own home oasis. I know you're going to enjoy this and we chatted for well over an hour so even with editing I've got two really useful episodes for you. Just before I introduce Brenda to you here's this week's handy life hack. Here's this week's handy life hack and I think it fits in very well with our decluttering theme. Use eBay as a free removal service. Don't pay the council to collect your old sofas or broken washing machines, etc. Put them on eBay for a penny or one p, And people with the skills to fix them may buy them and collect them from you. The reference to the council, by the way, is for our UK listeners. But I'm sure you can adapt it to make it work wherever you are. To help you understand one of Brenda's comments, Before we started recording, I told her a little story about my grandson, which I'll tell you in a minute because it is mentioned briefly in the interview. And I've just realised while I'm talking, this story links this week's episode on decluttering with last week's theme of losing our parents. Oh, it's almost like I planned it. Here's the story. So when my mum died just over a year ago. A couple of months later, my sister brother and I had been going through her things. And obviously there were things that we didn't have a home for ourselves. So I put them in bags to take them to the charity shop. I picked Austin up from school. He was six at the time. And I said, oh, we're not going straight home. I need to nip to the charity shop to drop all these bags off. So he said, well, what's in them? I said, well, it's great grandma's stuff and he looked at me and he said, what? So you're taking all your own mother's stuff to the charity shop? Oh nan, that's not very respectful, is it? Oh. Anyway, here's part one of my interview with Brenda Mason, the creator of smalllivinghugelife.com. I hope you'll enjoy it. this week on the directory of a dream life 50 plus podcast is brenda mason brenda is from virginia in the states and the reason i've asked brenda here to join us on the podcast is because we all know about decluttering and i have a new year's resolution to declutter a small space every day i have to say it's not going too well at the moment but i am going to catch up but Brenda's decluttering is on a different scale. So would you like to tell us where you came from
1: and where you are now on the decluttering scale? Absolutely. Um, hi, and thank you for having me, by the way. Pleasure. So what I'd love to share with everybody is maybe a little bit of back of my story. Will mm, that help yes, so people please. know where I came yes. from? Yeah. So I'm an only child. I knew my great-grandparents, my grandparents. I still have both of my parents. I had my own children. And I spent a life, um, I was married for 24 years. I was pink-slipped. That's an easy way for me to say it, divorced Ah, after after the 24 years. (laughs) And um, in 2015, my youngest daughter, last at the five-bedroom, three-bath, two-car garage, stuffed home with all of my possessions, um, was getting ready to go away to college. Right. So she was going off to a smaller living space in her dorm. And I, she just looked at me and she said, what are you going to do, mom? And I thought, you know what, I am finally going to get decluttered. Whatever that was at the time, was going to get decluttered, just organized. I always thought organization was it. you got to get rid of your clutter first and then organize what's left instead of Mm. bringing in more things to pile everything that you never can get to. So she looked at me and she said, it's a great idea, Mom. And she was so excited for me. And she said, but good luck with that because everything in this house is a heartstring to you. You know where it came from who gave it to you, the emotions mm-hmm. attached to it. And I just don't see it happening. You've been trying to do this your whole life, ever since, well, her whole life, which at that point was about 18 years. Yeah. So, um, you know, she was absolutely right. But I was I was living, for those of you uh, who are familiar with the States, I was living kind of more on the West Coast. All my family is on the East Coast. And originally that's where she was headed to school. Mm-hmm. And it was going to cost me at the time about $30,000 to move my items across oh the God. country. I don't know. I, I don't know the translation into yeah. the, the, you know, the, do, the I, I don't know if you're on euros it, it's or UK not that, it's or whatever, not that but it's much a lot of money. Well, now, right. Yeah. And that's yeah. how much stuff I had. And, yeah. and honestly, even if I had had that money, that's not what I would want to spend it on, No, you know? And, and so here I was. So, um, and then once I got back, I'd be looking at either a massive mortgage, which I didn't have the money to do mm-hmm. that. And then the rent, almost all of my earned income when i was living out in utah with her in this massive home it was 3100 square feet so um, anyhow i just i wanted my money to go to something else other than lining somebody else's pockets or mm. into the bank you know so um, i can't, i decided well i will downsize and i, I found a uh, converted motor coach it's like an actual bus not school buses that you see but like the travel buses right. that had been that had been gutted so yeah. my little earphones keep pa- falling out. Anyhow, and uh, that's what I was going to move to. So that was only going to be about 310 square feet. And about the time I put this little plan together, I was going to have about 31 days to, to go through everything <laughs> you, and no let traction. it go. <laughs> no, So you will see in, in my hashtags or whenever you see my story, I talk about 3,100 square feet to 310 square feet in 31 days. Yeah. Yeah. But I did do it. And one of the things that I found and actually getting in there and doing it, I mean, it is hard. It's paralyzing. If it wasn't hard, we'd all already be Mm. uncluttered. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. But like like your
0: daughter said though, is it, did you find everything was a heartstring or could you step back and be quite ruthless once you got into it?
1: Well, it was still hard because everything was a heartstring to me. She was right. But I had to define that because I had always been, I mean, for 33 years, up to that point from the time I got married and we lived overseas. I lived in Germany, came back to the States, but I always took everything with me. Mm-hmm. I never got rid of anything because I might need it one day. I'll tell you about that in a little bit, but anyhow, so um, it was hard and, but, but what I, I realized was um, that there's really only four things in, in your home and in the United States, the average American household has over 300,000 items. So that might be including all little paper clips and pieces yeah, of paper yeah, yeah. but that's still a lot, a lot of, of stuff, items yeah you know yeah, and yeah. so and i figured it out and you know i i love the minimalist i love all these different people that do all their things but if you like let one thing go out and then two things the next day and four the next day you know you end up which is wonderful about 400,000 things go out uh, four, about 400 things go out and by the end of the year there's about 4,000 items that go out and I'm, it's really rough I'm, I'm rough on my numbers But I sat and figured out it'd take me 82 years. And at that Mm -hmm. time, I was 54. I'm almost 60 now. I didn't want to spend 82 years with the weight of all the clutter trying to figure it out. So that's why why I tell people not to wait for one day. And I know we've got to have the wins of the drawer and the decluttered room. But Mm. then there's still that weight of the rest of the house. So if you can get to a place where you can actually get in there and get through it, yeah. You find that there is a weight lifted off of you and you mm-hmm. actually indirectly begin to unclutter your thinking, your spiritual life, your your eating. I mean, it, it just it's yeah. amazing yeah. how it changes your life. So I had somebody ask me if I could teach them how to do it. And I thought, I did it. I know exactly how I did it, and I can help other people. And I've been through all of the different, I'm gonna call them I call them clutter code chains. And, um, I just, I want to give the process to the people. So I'll I'll tell you what you need to start with and lay your foundation. So many people go in and just do one or two things, but then we get sidetracked and life happens. Yeah. Yeah. So it's constantly layering on top of, and then, you know, even if you do let all these things go, but if you don't, haven't changed your way of thinking and your life and how you're looking at it in a way. You still bring more stuff back in, yeah, and you yeah. you keep ending up with, yeah, because you still clutter. think you need this stuff, don't you? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, I went so. on, um, uh, sorry to interrupt you, I oh, went please on, um, do.
0: I went walking the Camino, the Camino yes, Santiago, yes. In Portugal last Whoa, year. How I wonderful did a week, but I have never survived on having a backpack, mm-hmm. and that's it. Before, yeah, in and my you life. did it,
1: didn't you? And I loved it, <laughs>
0: and I had too yes. much stuff with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I loved it, the idea that I don't need to go and collect anything from anywhere because everything I own is actually with me right now. Right, right. And I uh, absolutely loved that. We have yeah, a camper like van. Like an RV? Okay. Um, which is a sort of small RV, a small motorhome. Yes, and wonderful. We, we've only been away a couple of times, it, But yes, the freedom, and you think differently because everything is so compact and you know what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. You think differently. You don't think sort of, oh, I wish I had all my cupboards full of pots and pans to choose from. You've got, you know, I've have two little pans here and I'm going to use those and yes, maybe <laughs> you, a knife think, and a cutting board and that's yeah, it. You think differently. Exactly. And so mm-hmm. you adapt and, and it, it all works out.
1: We, we've, yes. just, we've just come to accept that we need all this rubbish. <laughs> well, there's a lot of marketing and you know, when I, um, in knowing my great grandparents, um, they went through the de- the depression and there was a, a, a different mentality and before the wars and all the things mm-hmm. that happened. And so you pretty much had what you needed, you know, every once in a while you'd get one or two things that were luxury and then you made do and you figured it out. And mm-hmm. I don't see that. I don't see that necessarily as a, um, poverty mentality at all you know but we have marketing today that that's constantly letting you know you will be happy you know like when the first phone came out you know Mm. i I remember back you know when you had to dial the phone and it's like you know and then the very first my dad had the very first uh cell phone that came out it was a great big honking thing you know we had those with the battery yes yes yeah exactly and so and it was very cool Um, you know and it was cool but but uh, uh, marketing and I've been a part of marketing and in a way we are in a part a part of marketing now but um it, it's always the next best thing and the next shiny thing and this is mm. going to make you happy and this is going to make yeah. you happy and yeah. it falls short and then you need more and more and so that's yeah. where part of that is coming yeah. into up with, keeping up with the Joneses we say in the UK you know yes. you've got to have you've
0: got it well I need that as
1: well yes and you don't <laughs> and so what 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 I discovered was that I had you know, you have everything within. So what I realized was that everything that was surrounding me, it does not really represent who you are. It really doesn't define who you are and you really don't need it. And I'm, I'm very big on saying not to wait for one day to, mm. to get out from underneath it. So I'd like to, to back up just a little bit because I can't tell you how many times I'd get ready to declutter and I'd go into a room and I'd stand in there and I'd be totally paralyzed. I couldn't move, you know, because I I just, I couldn't get rid of this because somebody might get mad that I let it go or I couldn't get rid of this because it was representative of maybe who I was or who I was trying to be or I wanted, I got to the point where you look at things and you think, I just want somebody to know who I am and if they could see this album or if they could see Mm -hmm. this award, they would know, and I sat and I cried, and I realized, and so all these things came to me, and what I want to tell you, I think, um, I think that your real process is the very first thing you need to do, even before you get to that drawer, or, you know, even within your parents' stuff, or whatever, you need to, it's almost like a vision and a mission, you need to know, um, what you want. I I call it creating your home oasis. You need to know what you want your oasis to look like, what you want it to feel like. And I don't want you to spend two years doing these vision boards and all this stuff. I mean, you pretty much know, um, you know, and I was in a relationship too that, that I was never quite good enough. So I always thought if I could get these things, I'd have the right dinner party and maybe I'd be loved. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, so, but not everybody has that, you know? So my thing is you're creating your own oasis. So you get to decide what you want to keep. I'm not going to tell you that you can only have 10 books Hmm. or you have to have 33 items in your closet and that's it. So anyhow, you create your, your Oasis uh, idea of what you want your house to look like, feel like, you know, I wanted um, the things that I wanted with me in a spot where I could use them and put them back. Mm -hmm. I might be busy one time and leave it laying out. When you're in a tiny place, you don't do that because it gets cluttered really quickly, you know. But anyhow, so you figure out what your oasis is because that, even though you're not there now and it can change as you go, but if you know what you're going to or what you want your current life to look like, mm-hmm. that's that light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And as you get closer to it and you don't want to take another step, it's a little bit brighter and it keeps drawing you towards that. So it's a big mm-hmm. help yeah. um, and you don't get as discouraged. And then the fourth thing, the next thing I wanted to say, we lay our resources first. And when I, what I mean by that is like where you're going to take things that you're not going to keep. So that would yeah. be, you know, like you took things to charity. Some places um, there are, there are charities. You may decide you want to sell some thir- some things. I had an estate sale at the very end. After I let all my friends come in and take whatever they wanted, but I still needed yeah. some money, so I did an estate sale by my. I mean, I did it myself. Mm-hmm. Nobody else. I didn't want anybody else yeah. going through my stuff. I had to do that. And um, but if you know. Like if you've got a zillion or however many business suits and you're not going to be living that life anymore, they don't fit you anymore or whatever. Mm -hmm. But if you know that it's going to go to this place down the road, that's helping women or men get back on their feet and into the job. All of a sudden it's a little easier to let it go because you know, you're going to help somebody just like this. Yes. So if you have that and I actually on my site, there's a, it's smaller living. Anyhow, there's a, 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 a page. So when you're looking up places, that you want to take things or sell things, do an antique uh, an antique I don't know if you have those there but they like antique and auctions yeah, and, yeah, and all the, yeah. all the little outside the box things that you think of if you have this sheet in front of you that, that tells you um, who you talk to, what days they accept things, what they're looking for yeah. what they're not yeah. you know we have the animal yeah. shelters here sometimes the vets want your old towels even if there's mm-hmm. a hole in them you know they're clean but they're just old and ratty yeah. they yeah. love that kind of thing so why put it in a landfill? Yeah so you do that and then the other thing you have to be aware of is the clutter code chains and we touched on that earlier when we were speaking it's the um the money clutter code but i paid so much money for it yes yeah yeah i'm gonna sell this and make a lot of money it's gonna be worth something one day so all of a sudden that stuff doesn't go anywhere then Mm. you have the what if what if i need it what if so and so finds out that the item they gave me 30 years ago I don't I gave to somebody else yeah. they're gonna get mad I mean just all these things and then the heartstrings and that is the the um, the memories are tied into it you know it belongs to the yeah. parents um, you just you, you truly uh, somebody somebody that you don't even like anymore but but you had love at that time that, you know you keep those things so those heartstrings are, are hard yeah. and um, gosh I hope I have time for one more quick story on children oh of course yeah i mean so so when you talk talk
0: about heartstrings it's all you mean sort of memories i suppose from growing up from childhood and maybe i've got loads of books that oh well they got me through my studies and they're still on my bookshelf and i won't throw them away my husband says, Well, are you ever going to look at them again? I'm like, Well,
1: probably not, but Maybe. I can't throw them away. Yeah, well, I might need that's a good point. I might need it one day, or so and so might need it. You know, because I grew up in the day of encyclopedias, we didn't have Google yes. and whatever, you know, and yes. my aunt I've had got it. Some you I know. as well. Yes, and they're fabulous. <laughs> so, actually, when I mentioned about the 300,000 items and creating your home oasis, you only have four types of things in your home in your junk drawers and in. in in your most prized possessions I mean th- these are your four things and this is my mantra our mantra however you want to say it you have the things that you honestly need that you really use and that you truly love and everything else it doesn't have to fall into all three of those categories at one time just at least mm-hmm. one everything else is empty clutter Right? Yeah. it has served yeah. your purpose and it no longer belongs in your house, and it needs to be rehomed. Yeah. So it's need what you need, what you it's use, you, and what you love. Yeah. yeah. And but the key words are honestly, really, and truly what you honestly need, because you know we think we need things, mm-hmm. and we really don't. You yeah. know, so that's where yeah. the honestly comes in. Mm-hmm. You know, I I I need to have these twenty sets of pots and pans. I had three professional mm. sets. Because mm. I, I might need this one day see here, right there. It's a what if clutter mm. code and it proves that I'm a chef. Mm. You're not what you own and it doesn't really represent who you are. What, yeah. would, what would really tell people I'm a chef is if I had them over for dinner and I cooked them some meals. This, yeah. Yes. You know, or if they don't like it, that's okay. They don't like yeah. my style chef, you know? So, but, but, so, but the rehoming and that's where the step two of resourcing before you ever begin your process to lighten up your house and let things go. If you know places that you would be comfortable giving them to, or you're going to sell things or however you want to do it. And you might have like 10 different types of things. But if you know that way, when you pick up that item, when I picked up those pots and pans and I knew that the, we have a re- Rehome, home store here or repurpose whatever hmm. and it's like for people it, it's very real right now of course with with the fires and and flooding mm-hmm. and, yeah. and things or just people that are getting out of a violent situation you know they don't have a. sometimes people just leave or like you had your backpack if that's all you had and then you needed to cook something but you didn't have a lot of money or you just didn't know what to do and if that you could get a hmm. hold of a set of pots and pans or even just a single pan that would help somebody and it's easier to let those things go and it doesn't end up in the landfill and it doesn't say stacked mm-hmm. in the back of your closet yeah, yeah. for five years from now. So, um, what I wanted to tell you, so anyhow, so that's where, um, it really is about the rule. of My rule of four is you honestly need mm-hmm. really use and truly love. Mm-hmm. Everything else is empty clutter and you need to rehome it. So you know what your oasis is, you get down the rule of four. You figure out where you're going to re home stuff. You're aware of those clutter codes. Very first day, I have a start with clothing. And I'll just tell mm-hmm. you with your clothing, uh, you know, everybody always thinks, you know, if I get the next right business suit, maybe I'll get hired for the job mm-hmm. or so-and-so will love me more. You need to just go through. And I do. I'm kind of like Marie Kondo in a way. I want you to touch everything because you. I want your clothing to feel good to the touch. If it feels good to your hands, it's going to feel good on your body. You know, do you like the color? Do you like the style? Does it fit? today mm. not when I lose 10 pounds yeah a year from yeah. now or when I lose or whatever you know um and and it needs to have like you written all over it. you know you go into that closet and there are certain things you just gravitate towards mm. and the other things hang there and hang yeah. there and hang there yeah I let those I've, go. I've got a huge wardrobe but I have nothing <laughs> to wear exactly exactly <laughs> so what's it full of <laughs> right so you go through and here's the other thing when you are decluttering when i start with the clothing one thing you're doing is you're building your decluttering muscles mm. because you're making decisions on easier things a little mm. bit It's right. hard yes. but yes. it's a little bit easier because yeah. you know and then it's okay to let this pile of clothing go to this place and this place and this place some things need to just be thrown away Mm. I'm just saying a pair of underwear that has more holes than material and stains and whatever (laughs) you need to just throw it away, you know, but Mm. most things you can rehome. So you start with that, but that's why it's hard for me when somebody says, give me a quick challenge on a drawer. But Mm. when you open up that drawer, you don't have any decluttering muscles, Um, If you're not really strong in keeping what you honestly need, really use and truly love, Mm -hmm. you open that up and it's a jumble of everything. There's a photo, there's a pen, there's a scrap piece of paper, there's a bill, you know, you got it. So I I am very big on like a cluster of things. Mm -hmm. And as I was going through this process, because I was just going back to, a bus you know I didn't have high mm-hmm. ceilings yeah. it was a small yeah. space so I knew that but it doesn't matter the size of your home you could be going to a bigger home you know mm. but or staying in your current home but you just want to go through kind of you know some of the bigger things and, and you are getting wins if you go through the closet and I and I wouldn't like if you have a, a, a blazer jacket that that doesn't fit you don't like it and you love the pants you let the blazer go. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. it's a set, but yeah. you keep the pants. Yeah. And then at yeah. the very end of it, you know, if you happen to go out to get something new, and it's amazing when you start to go purchase things You're you, after the process, you really are more mindful. You know, you touch it and you think, oh, that looks so cool. You mm-hmm. touch it. Oh, I like the feel of it. You know, You don't don't spend as much time trying to talk yourself into buying the next right thing. You know, you want to take the next right steps. So it does. It affects. Oh, so what I wanted to tell you. um, Did you have any questions on that? I'm so sorry. Uh, I want to tell you about my daughter.
0: I I was going to say I did interrupt you when you said I've got a story
1: and I interrupted you. Is this the story?
0: about? I interrupt
1: myself. So yes, we're talking about, we're talking about heartstrings and you shared a wonderful story about your grandson, you know, and being seven, eight, I think, and you were were donating some things and he had a hard time comprehending that. Well, But maybe not so much as you get down, you know, get further with it. Because if somebody else can use it and we're not using it anymore, let's let's let it go to help somebody. And a lot of times they understand that. So, but it was like, but it's grandma's things or grandmom's things. Right. however, Anyhow, so my daughters were very close to my mom and I'm an only child. So my two daughters are their only grandchildren. And we were living in another state. And my mother collects music boxes, beautiful music right. boxes. Anyhow, for my youngest daughter, she gave this beautiful... Anastasia Swan Princess, somebody or another, this little golden, almost looked like a Faberge egg, but it's not, but it's just beautiful. So, anyhow, she's getting her stuff ready because you go through your own stuff. You don't go through everybody else's stuff. She's going through her stuff, and downstairs for the estate, we had these big long tables, and she was setting stuff on it. And I saw that music box on the giveaway or the sale table. All right. And I've already been through almost all my stuff, and it's a very hard process. I'm a little numb, but it's hard. And I'm like, do you realize that that music box is sitting on that table? I'm screaming on the inside because it's a heartstring for me, although she owns it. yeah. So she's like, yeah. And I said, I was like, what? Inside, you know, I'm trying to be really cool. And because I know this is hard for her. Anyhow, it's very fast. So she says, let's see. Yes, I know it's there. And I said, that's the one grandma gave you, right? Yes, mom. It's the one grandma gave me. And I said, oh, she said, well, it doesn't work. And I said, Well, it's still a beautiful music box. And I'm like almost trying to chalk her and to hold on to my (laughs) heart string thoughts and memories of them, but she's already done with it. It's her decision. Yeah. So she said, it doesn't work. And I said, oh, and then she said, we might've had a few more things, but the the most poignant thing she said to me was, it doesn't work. It is beautiful. Somebody else will get as much pleasure, if not more, out of what I got. And she mentioned, she said, I know grandma loved giving it to me. Mm Um, I loved getting it from grandma and I love grandma very much, but her love, I always have. It's not in the music box, mom. Mm, good point. Yes. I'll yeah. tell you what, that has made heartstrings go so yes. smooth for me because my grandmother's love is not in everything she gave me. And even though I'm going through the process, oh, the other thing is you save your heartstrings strings to closer to the end because by then your decluttering muscles are stronger Mm -hmm. you know, and you can pick something up objectively, I mean, and you're creating your oasis, I'm very big on that, it's your oasis, you decide what you keep, and what you let go of, you're not under anxiety, and guilt, and fear, although we live in that, under those clutter code chains, a lot of times, or, you know, somebody won't love me, if they find out, I let it go, well, uh -uh, that's not the case, Yeah, it's hard to deal with in the moment, though, so, but, but her point was, that, that, I mean, at 18, Senior in high school. She knew that her grandmother loved her and Her letting somebody else have that because she couldn't keep it. She kept Mm -hmm. some things She kept things that were still important to her. Mm -hmm. It was time to let this item go on and that was okay And that's what we need to do. So you've asked me about heartstrings. and that's it now when I went through mine I was a I was a photographer i have everybody's old photos i love photos i paparazzi my children you know i had pictures of uh, happier times i wanted to keep these pictures because a lot of these photos have pictures of my daughters and their dad And it looks Mm -hmm. like well dad did all these things with me and i'm like but i'm the one taking the pictures i was there there. and i wanted proof that i was there you know so but i knew photos were going to be a hard thing and i did have the small day and and i i would still be sitting in salt lake city utah looking at a out-of-focus leaf, because I probably remember out of the hundreds of thousands, literally of photos I've taken through all these years, where that was, and it's out of focus. Nobody else would even know what it was. Right. It was okay to throw that away, but I was not in a place where I could have made that decision, I was smart enough to know that. I made decisions, everything else. Anytime I was going through office papers, which is the whole section is papers, everybody has piles everywhere. But every time I came across a photo, I wouldn't look at it. I'd make sure I put it, I had a couple big boxes and I made sure I didn't put them emulsion side to emulsion side so they wouldn't stick. But I just immediately took it and I put it in a box and I was okay in the back of my mind because I was going to take it with me. And I did Mm. because I couldn't go through it. So, you know, you have to do some things smarter there. But it's the only thing. Um, but I kept, I kept my grandmother's China. Oh, I had a zillion dishes because remember I was a chef and I was going to do all these things, have all these parties, but because I was putting all my money into my house for rent, I didn't have money left over to buy the food, to invite people over (laughs) for the meals. (laughs) did a lot of potlucks, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm adaptable, but you know, so uh, the reason I share those is because I think it resonates with some people. Um, I hope, and, uh, when you were talking about your backpack, one more thing, I made every I've made it back. I still almost five years later now, to be five years in June, I do not regret a single thing that I let go of. But I really knew, you know, I knew my heart in, yeah. in there.
0: There you have it. I hope you found that useful. I did lots of tips in that interview. And as I said, next week's Directory of a Dream Life podcast, that's episode 35, will be part two of that interview with Brenda when she talks about holding an estate sale, her actual experience, which is a great story, and some other ideas about how to declutter without stress. I'll also be giving you access to a free downloadable resource from Brenda and talking about what you can learn from her courses. Before I say goodbye, here's this week's quiz question. (music) The answer to last week's quiz question is the man who sold the world and if you want to know what the question was then you'll have to listen back to episode 33. Here's this week's quiz question. In which year was decimal currency introduced into the United Kingdom? I remember that very well having just got my head round pounds shillings and pence. They changed it all. Remember, no Googling. Have a fantastic week and I'll catch up with you next time. The Directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus podcast is created and produced by me, Marsha Ogden, and it's available on several platforms as well as via our website. So please keep listening and tell your friends all about it do follow us on Instagram and Facebook too. You'll find all the relevant links in the show notes. Directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus is about making our life happier and easier. So if you do have suggestions or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, just drop me a line at gurgleit.com. Have a fantastically happy week and I'll see you next time.